0: Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins.
1: Dang it, he's
0: talented, and let's be honest, I go for ambition, not a And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Yeah. Hey,
1: Dad, don't forget about me, the dogster.
0: Presented by BetMGM. Good morning on this Thursday edition. It is a daily tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we will tell you what you may have missed last night in the NBA, including an Eastern Conference showdown between the Celtics and the 76ers. You know we're gonna hit the gridiron at 6:20 as the Bengals and Ravens take the field in Baltimore for Thursday night football. More from the AFC North comes your way at 6:40. As we dig deeper into the division and what the Brownies are going to do now that Deshaun Watson is out for the season during the seven o'clock hour tonight's picks and look at some futures and odds in the NBA at 740. Time to put together this week's show parlay. We are due. Don't you hate it when gambling guys say that? Oh, we're due. This team's due for a victory. We're due for a win. And then during the eight o'clock hour, a couple of great guests Mo Egger from ESPN 1530. And since he will join us to get us ready for tonight's Bengals Ravens matchup, BeckQL's Chris Mack drops by to talk college football at 8 20, followed by the Dogster at 8 45. Chelsea, good morning. How are you?
1: Good morning. I have enjoyed the entertainment of watching you scramble to get the show. On the road because I know you were having some issues getting a lift, getting an Uber this morning. I was, and I imagined the montage that they put with like Yakety sacks You know the song I'm talking about. (laughs) Oh yes, where it just (laughs) shows you in fast motion trying to get your computer plugged in, trying to get ready. So it was, it was crazy to watch. But I'm impressed. You got ready in like a minute and a half, and you nailed it, brother.
0: Ooh, thank you very much. Been there. Done that a few times. Also, if you'd seen me at home doing this, where my lift arrived and I got in the shower late because I was still tweaking the show, and then as I'm running outside, my shoelaces aren't tied, my belt's on, oh, no. but it's not really buckled. I mean, I was thank God I was in the dark. And as I'm in the back seat, I'm tying my shoes. I'm pulling my watch out of my pocket, putting my watch on. I'm buckling my belt. And I'm like, this guy probably thinks I'm a total freak. He probably thinks I'm undressing back here and being a total perv. I was just trying to get ready for my day. Then I run in here. I got like three minutes, but yes, everything is fine now. And I noticed Chelsea, did you notice this too, that we have perfectly matching different tops here. You have a maroon stripe or something in yours and I'm full maroon here. So once again, the mind meld is perfect. Just like it was on our bets last night. And did you see how we won this bet?
1: No, I didn't. I just woke up and saw the final score. So thank God.
0: Oh my God. We got so I didn't, I didn't watch it last night either. Maction. We were both on Miami of Ohio. You were gutsier than I was. You had Miami of Ohio minus eight and a half. I had minus seven, obviously both hosting Buffalo, same team. Miami of Ohio wins 23 to 10, but with three minutes to play, Buffalo had an 80 yard pass play. And receiver Marlon Johnson gets to the one-yard line. I mean, he's going to score, and someone knocks the ball out from his grip at the one, so it rolls into the back of the end zone, touchback. So we were a half-yard away from that game possibly being a six-point victory for Miami of Ohio and us losing, and that's how we won.
1: Ooh, doesn't that sound like Maction though? There's always some sort of it chaos. Does. That's why I don't really like betting on Maction because it's always unpredictable. There's always somebody who like returns a kick for a touchdown. There's always some kind of chaos, but luckily the chaos went in our favor. So we'll take it.
0: We will take it. I'm gl- I would have had a heart attack watching that game. When I went to bed, it was three nothing Miami. And I thought, ah, that's good. We're up by a field goal. Thank God and watch the end of that game. So a couple of winners for us, Chelsea. That was nice. As for the dogster big fat loser. Islanders at the Canucks under six. The Knucks win four to three in overtime. So for the week, dogster good God. Get it. Oh, well, at least the microphone is pointed at his mouth. That's a good thing. Yesterday it was in his right eye, so he's finally finding his focus again. So for the week, you're four and oh. I'm four and one. The Dogster's one and four. Chelsea. Put the pressure on but you're staring at a perfect week right in the freaking face how do you feel about that
1: oh here oh. comes jenks to live up to his name trying to <laughs> jinx everything and i will say if i would have played the celtics they would have covered too although i mm-hmm. think i would have backed out because this is betting on the nba in a nutshell really like the celtics last night going into that game in the morning because I thought Mm -hmm. the Sixers were going to be tired from that track meet that they played against the Pacers the night before. But then throughout the day, the news that we heard was not only was Kristaps Porzingis on the injury report, Jalen Brown was out too with an illness. Yeah, Welcome to the NBA. I don't know if you saw the host of stars that were on the injury report last night across the NBA, but it was some Mm -hmm. of the biggest names. And some of them did end up playing, but it was like, Giannis LeBron Anthony Davis Jalen Brown it's just what month is it it's November 16th and we are already seeing the NBA doing NBA things like I thought load management was supposed to be going away somewhat Mm -hmm. but I guess the injuries are still going to be lingering so uh that's betting on the NBA
0: well we're going to get to that game but first when you talk about guys not playing Don't expect Draymond Green to be on the court for the next five games. He has been suspended by the league for that fight with the Timberwolves. The league says that Green's history of unsportsmanlike conduct played a role in this suspension. So he's going to miss two games against the Thunder, games against the Rockets, Suns, and Spurs. I am so sick of Draymond Green's shtick. It's been going on forever. Him acting like, oh, he's targeted by the NBA. He's going to lose during this five-game suspension a little less than $770,000. He arguably cost his team an NBA title in 2016 when he was suspended in the finals. That is selfish. Selfish. Remember, he punched his own teammate last year, Jordan Poole, and then he complains about, oh, the NBA is harder on me than everyone else. Yes, yes. Because you're dirtier than everyone else. No other player is randomly going up to someone else during a skirmish and putting them in a headlock. No one else is known for trying to kick a guy between the legs. Should have been longer. So I honestly am to the point where I might want to talk about Taylor Swift because once again, it's Draymond Green. Oh, how did I get suspended? And his team needs him. It's so selfish. They're six and six. So. I know it's way down the line, but if you're talking about playoff positioning, perhaps down the stretch, you're costing your team early on unnecessarily. You are selfish. Quit making excuses. You are the problem. I'm glad to see it. Should have been more.
1: Right. I think you hit the nail on the head with the word selfish, because this would be one thing if he was truly defending his teammate. You know, we see this in baseball all the time. It is a case of, hey, you're picking on my teammate? You're not going to do that. He's our star player because Klay Thompson was the one getting accosted here. But this is where it was personal. Rudy Gobert had been running his mouth about Draymond Green saying, every time Steph Curry doesn't play, Draymond Green finds a way to get ejected. He said that before the game, and yeah. what do you know? Draymond Green gets ejected, and he put Rudy Gobert in a headlock, so it felt very selfish. It would be one thing if he was defending his teammate, but this felt personal and it felt like a selfish way to make this all about Draymond.
0: God, when you make Rudy Gobert likable, that's a problem. Remember right before COVID hit, do you remember that press conference when we really didn't know the impact of what was gonna happen and Rudy Gobert took his hands and like rubbed them all over the microphone on purpose and had to apologize and everyone was like, what is that? And now you're like, oh, Rudy Gobert? You mean, soothsayer Rudy Gobert predicting all of this? Ugh. Chelsea, I'm so sick of it. Okay. Let's talk about Celtics 76ers. You mentioned it. You would have been all over it. I would have lost this game. Celtics downing the 76ers last night, 117-107. It went off as a pick Celtics minus 105 on the money line. Total set at 223 and a half, which hits by the hook. Derek White scores 14 of his 27 in the fourth quarter. Jason Tatum scores a game-high 29. Drew Holiday, a double-double, 18 points, 10 boards. And the Celtics, without Jalen Brown, without Kristaps Porzingis, send the Sixers to their second straight loss. And man, I have not bet on the NBA so far this season. And games like this are why I was on the 76ers from the start. And if I had known, oh my God, Celtics without Jalen Brown and Kristaps, still on the 76ers and yet the Celtics roll.
1: Right. But I will say the Celtics are one of those teams that have a ton of depth and good veteran depth so if they do miss some of their starters they do have very capable backups uh I wouldn't even call them backups because these are guys that are playing they're just taking over the lead scoring role and the starring role when it comes to defense because that's what Al Horford did I don't know if you put it on the defense or the fact that Joel Embiid was just tired in this game so I think when it comes to handicapping the NBA One of the main tenets is looking at teams who are coming off back-to-backs. If you think this team is going to be tired. And I thought going into this, I thought, okay, well, we're pretty early on into the season. Is this going to be a factor in November? Because it's definitely a factor when you get into like three or four months into the season. But it was the case here. Uh, the Sixers look tired mostly Joel Embiid we know he has a huge body he's got to carry around a lot of weight it could be the defense being swarming we know the Celtics have great defenders but still, this was a tough spot for the Sixers I kind of knew it was not going to go their way however I didn't think that the Celtics could take care of business even without uh Kristaps Porzingis who's been huge for their offense and also without Jalen Brown but it just speaks to the depth that the celtics have and don't look now celtics absolutely cruising what are they nine and two now
0: mm-hmm. sixers had been getting it done they get 29 points nine boards from Joel Embiid, 20 from tyrese maxi but they looked tired last night they'd played their third game in four days so that was probably a factor as well let's go out west Kings ripping the Lakers, 125-110. The Kings getting a point and a half. Kings minus 105 on the money line at Betmgm, Jim, the king of parlays. Total set at 237. The under hits, DeMontis Sabonis, 29 points, 16 rebounds, 7 assists. Both Kevin Herter and De'Aaron Fox score 28. And the Kings break the Lakers' three-game winning streak despite an incredible performance from LeBron James, 28 points. 10 boards, 11 assists, his 108th career triple double, and that breaks a tie with Jason Kidd, giving him the fifth most triple doubles in league history. Anthony Davis, nine and nine for LA. That will not cut it.
1: Well, I was just surprised that both of them played. This was another head fake. Again, when you handicap the NBA in the morning and you have to guess who's playing, But the Lakers had both of their stars in this one. LeBron, like you said, played. Anthony Davis played. It was still not enough. I'm wondering if we see a repeat performance from the Sacramento Kings this year. Because remember, there was a surprise of the league last season out West, at least in the regular season. But this is a good squad. It's a young squad. But still plenty of scores. You know, De'Aaron Fox can uh, put some points there on the, the box score and DeMontis Sabonis. One of the better centers in the league that I feel like nobody Mm -hmm. talks about. Anytime you have 29 points and 16 rebounds, what a night for Sabonis. Uh, He is a fan favorite when it comes to daily fantasy for a reason. I kind of wanted to play his props in this one, but the matchup didn't suggest it. But yeah, I'm wondering if the Kings are going to be that team in the regular season once again.
0: They definitely own the Lakers lately, winning five of their last six. Finally out west, the Suns all over the T-Wolves, 133-115. to Suns laying four and a half. Suns minus 180 on the money line. Over-under set at 233, the over-hits. This was supposed to be the night that we saw the big three in action for the Suns. It did not happen, though it didn't matter. Devin Booker returns after missing five games with a calf injury. He scores 31. KD with 31 as well. And even though Bradley Beal was a last-minute holdout with a sore back, the Suns, in minnesota's seven game winning streak the health of the Suns. when we were complaining about this earlier or maybe it's just me complaining i want to put that on you i'm just saying that you never know who's going to play and the Suns are definitely be that one team where you never know who's going to suit up
1: oh for sure uh it's going to be a nightly basis for most teams across the nba so let's talk about this for a second is mm-hmm. it worth betting on teams regardless of the injury report Because look at all these games. Like, I think we had them right going into these games, despite the injury report. So do you hold strong and say, okay, we are looking at a team here? Or do you Mm -hmm. see the injury report and say, hey, this is something that's going to affect my bet?
0: I know it's lame to say. I think it's kind of both. Last night, I I thought, or yesterday morning, I thought all three would play. They were scheduled to play. But my main handicap was that the Timberwolves were going to be tired because they had that physical Mm -hmm. game against the Warriors and that brought was their second game in as many nights. So that was my primary part of the handicap. I always look at teams on the back end of a back to back, no matter what the sport, except for maybe baseball, because they tend to be tired. So I don't know, that's a very good question we're gonna get an answer to that moving forward here pretty quickly.
1: I do think in the hierarchy of what weighs more in your handicap, the Mm back-to-back factor should probably weigh more than, like, waiting on a guy to play. At least that's what we saw in last night's action.
0: Yeah, I agree. When guys are tired, guys are tired. We were talking about the Sixers' third game in four nights. Celtics shorthanded, but the Sixers were just gassed. Coming up next year on the show, the Bengals are banged up but they will roll into Baltimore tonight looking to cover the number against the Ravens. She is Chelsea Messenger. I'm Michael Jenkins. It is the Daily Tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM. Thanks for being with us on a Thursday morning. Stay there.
2: Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Back to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. With Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL network. Double
0: D. You old dog, turn that up for me. Oh, it's Thursday. The Daily Tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM. Coming up shortly, finally, not a garbage fest on Thursday Night Football. The Bengals in Baltimore. Just up the road here. Up I-95, meeting the Ravens. A preview is on the way. Chelsea, yesterday I was very excited because I needed some new clothes. And as I've gotten older, I'm not trying to stand out. I'm not trying to be hyper stylish. I just want to be... Good-looking dress-wise based on my age. Age Age-appropriate wear. Oh, he's dressed nicely, and that's it. That's it. I'm not trying to blow your mind. I'm not trying to wear the sneakers with the suit. I'm too old for that. So I placed a clothes order. Not a big deal. Came in yesterday. The lovely Catherine comes in, and she's more excited than I am. She's like, ooh, trying your new clothes for me. I was like, oh, honey. She's like, no, 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 just put on a couple shirts. I was like, all right, fine. So everything was fine. And I'm like, what do you think? She's like, great. Good. What do you think? Great. Good. Now, the last one was a sweater that I bought. And I don't like to spend a lot on clothes, but I was like, you know what? I'll spend a little extra here. This looks very nice. It'll give me a nice piece of clothing. I don't normally spend a lot on myself. And I put it on, and I'm excited because this is the one piece I spent the most on. And I put it on, and I look at the lovely Catherine, and immediately she's like... (gasps) Oh, uh, I was like, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's, I, 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 if you like it and immediately like, nope, nope, that's a bad sign. When the girl or your partner says, I, you know, if you like it, I like it. I feel like that's just telling you it doesn't quite. And she was right. The more I looked at it, I'm like, yeah, it just doesn't fit the right way. So I'm sending it back. Does Jake do this? Do you shop for Jake or will he order something? Oh, I've shopped
1: for Jake, but he doesn't wear the clothes. He like hates them and I see them in the pile to give away to Goodwill. And I'm like, sweetie, that polo costs $90. Can we please not give it to Goodwill? Uh, I don't know what it is because I like things that are, I wouldn't call them loud, but just not basic plain gray, not just basic plain Navy. Like maybe Mm -hmm. there's a design on the shirt or something. And he just doesn't like that. Like, I don't know if it's most men in general, but the plainer, the better. And he already has like a million polos that are just plain gray and he continues to buy them. I'm like, what is the difference between these shirts? (laughs) So like, do you buy anything that has a design or anything on it? Because I get this for TV, they tell you to wear like solids and basic stuff and good colors, Um, but in everyday wear, like he doesn't have an excuse. So are you like that? Do you wear the most basic of basic things?
0: I am, I try to be aware. I have two bad habits. One is I have a tendency to buy stuff that is plaid-ish, and I'm trying to get away from that because I recognize that. I'm like, Michael, you order way too many plaid items. And then I have a lot of blue stuff because I feel like that's my favorite color. I sound like a child. My favorite color is blue. It's <laughs> my favorite color. <laughs> I love blue. That's blue. That's pretty idiot and so i noticed you like, have a lot of blue so but i feel like i look good in blue i guess but maybe it's a guy thing where you just lock onto a color and you're like oh eh, this works for me so i'm trying to vary it up but also stay within this parameter where i'm not going crazy and i'm not coming in in something wild like i'm kyle kuzma or something you know i just <laughs> i'm trying to keep it right there right there my little circle my little sphere is Jake? he's tank top guy forget about the oh great hell tank no top.
1: No, I don't think you would be caught dead in a tank top. I think you have to have a certain personality to wear a tank top as a man, especially when it's not summer and you're not at the beach. But going back to (laughs) colors, Jinx, did you know there Mm -hmm. is a science and like a logic behind the colors that you wear? Like certain people look good in certain colors. I saw Mm -hmm. this whole rabbit hole on TikTok about how everybody is a quote unquote season. And each season has their separate colors. You know, think of mm-hmm. you know spring, it would be pastels, it would be light colors. And then you have like the autumns, which are kind of like the colors we have on now. Think of fall yeah. colors. And everybody has a certain season that they look best in. So you look into Ooh. it and you're like, huh, that's right. You look at your closet and if you see a certain color that you feel the most confident in, and you can probably tell that it's from a certain palette. So it makes a lot of oh. sense.
0: Chelsea, we sound so educated on this show. You're talking about the psychology of color? You used the word palette? Oh, guys, all we do, we're just trying to raise the level of conversation in sports betting. You know what season it is here on this show? Winning season. Let's do that, all right? Let's win some money tonight on Thursday Night Football. Bengals at the Ravens. The Ravens laying three and a half points. Ravens minus 185. Bengals plus 150 total set at 46. This spread has come down from earlier in the week when it was Ravens minus four. Total has gone up from 43 and a half to, again, 46. Chelsea, normally I bet on Thursday Night Football. I definitely don't want to bet NBA tonight, but I'm having a hard time handicapping this game I have, but I don't know what to think. So let me defer to you while I take a break and listen to your analysis. What do you think is going to happen here?
1: Oh, I'm all over the Bengals here because this is the spot where Joe Burrow has been especially profitable. You've got to listen to some of these trends. Joe Burrow is an underdog 19 and eight against the spread against teams above high 500 when he plays good teams. That's when he's at his best, and when he's getting more than three points. Joe Burrow, as an underdog of more than three points, a blistering 15-2 and against the spread. So do you think I'm going to play the Bengals here? Yes, I certainly am, especially at more than a field goal. It does worry me a bit that this line opened – or no, it opened at four, so it's down at three and a half. So they're coming in on the Cincinnati Bengals. Plus it's an AFC North matchup. Divisional matchups used to uh, usually play a little closer than people expect. So yeah, I'll Mm -hmm. take the Bengals day every day.
0: I love that stat. And about Joe Burrow, 15 to two against the spread all time as a dog of three or more. That includes 10 straight covers, 10 straight in this spot. And honestly, and I rarely feel this way about a game But I feel like the hook is going to matter in a huge way here. This is one of those games where I like the Bengals at three and a half, but I like the Ravens at three. That's how close I think it's going to be. And the only thing that really worries me about the Bengals is their defensive situation. Now, we're going to talk to Mo Egger during the eight o'clock hour, and maybe he can give us some clarity here. But it looks like Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson, the two edges for the Bengals, are out for this game. I did see Trey Hendrickson say that he's going to try to play, but Hubbard has a banged up ankle, Hendrickson banged up knee. And so when you're talking about a Ravens team that can run the ball, whether it's with their backs, whether it's with Lamar, and their two edges could be out, and they're already poor against the run anyway. This is the third worst team against the run. In all of the NFL, I expect Baltimore to try to pound the rock, but I keep coming back to the idea that when you have Joey Burrow back there and you're getting three and a hook, I'm with you, Chelsea, as much as I want to go with Ravens here. If you look at the track record of Joe Burrow in this spot, I can't bet against him.
1: I can't either. And here's a little X factor that maybe people won't be thinking about. The Bengals have a really good kicker. Evan McPherson, you probably remember that name from the postseason because this guy was absolute nails uh, in the postseason the year that the Bengals went to the Super Bowl. This year he is hitting at a 82% clip, uh, but three of those missed field goals came at 50-plus. So they're trying him out there even for the longer field goals. And so maybe that's why it's kind of brought his averages down. But when you're talking about a game that has a spread of 3.5 points, Kickers matter. And I guess you could say Mm -hmm. on the other side, Justin Tucker, a great kicker for the Ravens. So maybe those two cancel each other out. But still, anything, any ammo you can get to take an underdog, I think you take it. And that's part of the reason why the Bengals covered so much in the postseason that year they went to the Super Bowl. It wasn't the spread in the Super Bowl, three and a half, and what do you know, the Bengals lost by three, but Mm -hmm. still covered the number.
0: That's right. No, you're spot on with that. What are you thinking about the total here i i am dying to bet the under again and yet the money is going to the over opened at 43 and a hook again up to 46 and i continue to see money on the over i i think this is too many points i'm gonna go against the money here and i'm gonna bet the under and we've talked Plenty about primetime unders and how they hit at an incredible clip, especially this season. But also, Baltimore has hit the under in ten of their last twelve games at home, not including last week. That was a loser, but that was a rarity because the Browns scored fourteen points in forty-one seconds. I don't see that happening again. The under should have hit in that game as well. We know the primetime deals with betting the under. I, I like the under here because I feel like if you're the Ravens again. You're going to try to run the football, take time off the clock. And then conversely, Ronnie Stanley's out for the Ravens. That's their big left tackle. So even without those Bengals edge rushers, maybe that means that the Bengals can get to Lamar Jackson a little bit because he won't have as much protection. I'm on the under here, Chelsea.
1: Here's where I think people think betting totals is just as simple as saying, This team has a good offense. They're going to score a lot of points. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it is that simple. But here is the little-known killer when it comes to totals and when it comes to betting overs. When teams could have very long, sustained offensive drives where they take a lot of time off the clock, don't both of these teams seem like they are fully capable of doing such, especially when you have a team that's very good at running the football, like the Baltimore Ravens? And also when you look at the Ravens defense, who who has been fantastic in the red zone when it comes to red zone scoring percentage, uh, allowing touchdowns, Baltimore is the third stingiest defense in the NFL, allowing points to score or or allowing, excuse me, opponents to score on only 34% of their trips to the red zone. So that's the other killer when it comes to overs is when teams settle for field goals and not touchdowns and like i said we have two great field goal kickers in this matchup so maybe the propensity will be to settle for field goals as opposed to touchdowns
0: oh good point there maybe i'll look at a field goal prop i gotta find a way to bet on this game i'm definitely going to bet on something tonight that is nba or nfl related probably nfl related my best bet is hockey i've already handicapped that but this is my friday and i want to have I want to just for fun put some money on something and watch it. So it's probably going to be on this game. I'm thinking about maybe a player prop regarding Gus Edwards. You can get his over rushing yards prop at 46 and a hook, just minus 115, or anytime touchdown is minus 105. I kind of like the value on Edwards' anytime touchdown because. If you look at this prop, he has scored in 4 straight games for Baltimore. That includes 7 touchdowns overall during that span. So when they get close to the goal line, they feed Gus Edwards and again, when you're talking about a Cincinnati defense that struggles against the run anyway, I think there's a lot of value there. Is there a prop that you like?
1: I think if you're playing an under, maybe don't play an anytime touchdown cuz you don't want to be rooting for rooting against yourself late in this game. But if it's just for yeah, fun, yeah. you know. Uh, But for me, I was looking at Joe Burrow's rushing prop because he has said in the press conferences this week that, okay, the first time that we faced the Ravens, I didn't have my full access to all of my tools. And I think he's talking about his mobility because we know early in the season he was banged up. He couldn't run around. And even though he's not a, a, quote, dual threat quarterback. He's a shifty guy who can pick up first downs. We saw it in that game against the 49ers. The last time he faced a great defense on the road at San Francisco, he ran it six times for 43 yards. So his prop tonight is 12 and a half. He said this Hmm. in two of his last three picked up 20 yards rushing against the Texans. So I think it's a primetime matchup. It's going to be a close game. And I think if push comes to shove, Joe Burrow will take off and run if he needs to, Uh, because I think a lot of it is risk-reward. Like, if they're up big in a game and they're playing nobody in a, you know, noon slot on a Sunday, maybe he's not going to run for those extra few yards. But this is a huge game. In the AFC North, it's a primetime matchup. They need to win games, plain and simple. So I think that's a good one as well. Joe Burrow over his rushing prop of 12 and a half.
0: Joe, when you said you didn't have all of your tools in that first meeting against the Ravens, were you talking about, like, a belt sander? Is this what you meant? everything, you know, you're, 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 you know, you're a multifaceted guy. What, what was it? But I think you're right. It's, it's his running ability. And we were talking about this the other day. We were talking about the prototypical NFL quarterbacks and Joe Burrow sort of fits right there because it's not that he's great with his legs, but he's good enough. He's not a statue. So he's a guy that can clearly burn you from the pocket. He's not Lamar Jackson with his legs, but he is that guy where if he has some space, he's athletic enough to make plays. I really like that play quite a bit chelsea
1: especially when it's that low even though Mm -hmm. i've looked at some of his his box scores and he's run it quite a bit like the attempts are there he's just not always super efficient because he's ran it at least five times in each of the last three games but 12 and a half
0: seems pretty low yeah maybe i'll maybe that's the thing i'll play tonight when i'm watching this game because i can finally stay up and see the whole thing Coming up in five minutes here on the show, the Browns have lost to Sean Watson for the season. Where does that leave them in the AFC North? She's Chelsea Messenger. I am Michael Jenkins. More from the NFL is coming up next. It is a Daily Tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM. Bring me my robe.
2: Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL network. Let's get back to the daily tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by Bet MGM, on On the BetQL Network.
0: Come on! Come on! on. on. Welcome back on a Thursday. We're having. The great candle debate on this show. It's a Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. We are going to talk about the Cleveland Browns with Karma making a stop right in the middle of Cleveland in this NFL season. But we were discussing, I'm a candle person. I like a good candle because I'm always stressed. So I like lighting a candle, <laughs> just relaxing a little bit. Nice smell, right? Relaxes you. And I don't know if you're a big candle person. We were debating as to whether or not if you leave a candle on for a long time, how much of a fire hazard is it? Because you do it, I do it, and I'm not necessarily saying I'm proud of it, but I've lit a candle, and then I'll go out and come home, and Catherine will be like, the lovely Catherine, will say, Michael, did you leave this on? And as I was telling you, this is... This is how I know that she's serious about something. Even though she's halfway serious. She never calls me Michael. I was like, what? She's like, you're going to burn the house down. Is that a real thing? Because Matt put in the chat, this is one of the biggest causes of house fires. But I keep a candle like it's in the middle of or near the sink, not around anything that could catch on fire. I mean, at all, just on a granite countertop. So what is your theory what is your take on this I feel like we're aligned
1: yeah because if you light a candle in the house and you spend the entire day in the house and you're there and you're watching it has Mm -hmm. it ever once jumped ship to somewhere else or (laughs) changed direction no I've never seen this happen so I get it like maybe something falls on it or something when you're not there But I just don't get it. Is it like a toy story scenario where you leave the room and the candle just turns to life and it's like, oh, it's time to cause some chaos. No. So like, I don't know if this is an urban legend, but I have never seen my candle do anything other than just sit there and burn the candle. Because I say this because last night I accidentally left a candle on while I was sleeping because the ambiance was really nice as opposed to like a nightlight i guess it's the same premise as a nightlight it's like the mm-hmm. candle burning and it was nice and i was like you know what i bet jake will blow it out when he comes to bed yeah he did it and the candle burned all night but you know what the house didn't burn down that's true
0: also i like to cover up smells you know it's like what does your house smell like is that is that pumpkin, lavender, and weed? Probably. Yes, that's what it is. And if you haven't tried it, oh, it's the perfect fall mix. It's absolute perfect, Chef's kiss.
1: We need Chelsea. our own line of of candles, like with specific yes. scents.
0: Why not? Are you kidding me? This would be perfect for us—a little side hustle. And they can be based on bets you've won, bets you've lost, things you like. There's a lot of different directions we could go with this. Ooh,
1: this bad beat for us.
0: Where it smells like
1: alcohol, puke, (laughs) and
0: Right. And wings (laughs) and self-hate. Yes. Who wouldn't light that up after? Let's say you were on Buffalo last night and you had Buffalo plus eight. and You saw a guy fumble at the half yard line. You're like, all right, bring out that daily tip candle, fire it up. (sighs) I hate myself right now. You know who hates themselves and who should hate themselves? Browns fans. You did this. This is what you wanted. You wanted Deshaun Watson. You wanted a guy who had been accused of sexual assault by more than 20 women who settled with those women. And you decided, hey, let's sign this guy to a $230 million guaranteed contract. And what have you gotten? Nothing. You gave away three first-round picks to the Texans. How are the Texans looking right now? Like they have an incredible future with C.J. Stroud. How is your future looking with Deshaun Watson? Dead silence. It looks terrible, doesn't it? He is out for the season with a fractured throwing shoulder. Even when he has played, he has been marginally better than the average quarterback at best. I don't know if this is the Browns being the Browns or if it's karma kicking Cleveland right in the ass. I think it's both. I think it's both. I don't feel bad for the Browns. I'm not I'm not someone who ever wishes that A player would get injured, but I am more than happy to see the Browns going down in flames because they signed a guy. They had no business signing to this kind of money. He is still due $138 million. The Browns will be paying for this for a long time, as they should, and now their odds in the AFC North are down to plus 450, Chelsea. This season, over for Cleveland over
1: well to be clear it's not the fans fault it's not them that was writing the check to Deshaun Watson I know a ton of Browns fans that were not happy about this signing but they put their head down and said hey this is the quarterback that we got I guess we'll see how it happens uh but there's Mm -hmm. a saying in I think basketball ball don't lie where things kind of correct themselves and I guess the normal term for that would be karma Feels like Taylor mm-hmm. Swift needs to change a lyric in her song to something about this instead of Travis Kelsey. Because wasn't the lyric something about karma is Travis Kelsey coming to my house? Like, I was like, is that what karma means? I don't know. Did she say I that? I guess there are oh. good uses for karma, but this I is definitely was... one of the negative uses.
0: <gasps> well, yes. it depends. Karma. Well, karma can work in different ways, right? There's good karma and bad karma. You can do something good and all of a sudden something good happens to you or you do something terrible and all of a sudden bad karma comes your way but what i find interesting too is if you look at their game this weekend against the steelers and they are hosting the steelers the browns are now just a point favorite they're minus 115 on the money line the steelers are minus 105 the total is set Chelsea. the total is now 33. it's 33. It's down from 36 and a half. You talk about a low total, but here's the thing. The Browns are not going to start PJ Walker. They're going to start Dorian Thompson Robinson. I'm going to be on the Steelers money line here because Thompson Robinson had one really great preseason game where he looked incredible, but he started in week four against the Ravens went 19 of 36, 121 yards, three picks and You're going to trust this guy. Yeah, he was awesome at UCLA. But you're going to trust this guy in this spot against that Steelers defensive line and Mike Tomlin? Dude, oh, no way. I am on the Steelers.
1: Well, especially since they're getting a point. But I think it has to be mentioned because sometimes we see this in the NFL. At what Mm -hmm. point does the line move too much for you? Because I think that's my initial thought. And I did grab the Steelers plus three before that line moved. As soon as they tweeted that out, I ran, didn't walk to my sports book out. I was like, all right, Steelers plus three. Because clearly the line has shifted a lot. But at what point does the line move too much? Clearly a quarterback is a big part of the scenario, but it's not like Deshaun Watson was doing the greatest job at quarterbacking. So one could probably argue that the level of replacement would not be that big of a gap. Yes, between fourth quarter Deshaun Watson that we saw last game and Dorian Thompson-Robinson would be a a big change. But still, the level of play we've seen from Deshaun Watson has not been that great this year. And the defense for the Browns is still pretty solid. So just playing the other side here, at what point does this line move and you say, okay, the value's all gone, now I'm off of it?
0: That's a very good point. With this, with this game in particular, I, you know, you have to be careful when a line moves this much. There's no question about it. But for this game, because I like the Steelers win to win outright, it's not going to bother me as much. And also one thing I think is, is interesting that you can't really quantify is what sort of, what sort of effect will this have on the Browns mentally? Like, will they come out? They're going to play hard and every team in the NFL does, but there's no question that when you're in the thick of your division race, right, you're coming off a huge win against the Ravens. And then all of a sudden, your starting quarterback is out for the season and you're not even going to your backup. You're going to a guy who is even less proven. And in that second half against the Ravens, Deshaun Watson, ironically, went 14 of 14. Looked like, okay, maybe he's finding his footing here. Maybe it's finally coming together for him in Cleveland. Now he's done. So you have to wonder as a team, do the Browns come out maybe a little less motivated because they know their chances of winning the division and making the playoffs just took a serious hit? I think that's a possibility.
1: I think you have to be careful with motivation in the NFL yeah. because you got to think about the guys on the field. And we've seen it from teams that are quote-unquote taking. Remember the Arizona Cardinals to start the year? They were a feisty underdog, and it wasn't the motivation. It's just they didn't have the talent. But the guys on the mm-hmm. field are playing for a job. They're playing for contracts. So I think you got to be careful in that scenario. What about this total? Like we're approaching oh. Iowa Hawkeyes football <laughs> level of totals here. At 33, do you have the stones to play an under here? Because I don't think we're going to see a high-scoring game, but at 33, I'm not sure if this is touchable.
0: I think this is a perfect teaser spot. Absolutely. Where you just, if you're getting a point with the Steelers, you can play a six-point teaser here, and you go under 39, and you get Steelers plus seven. I'll take that every day of the week. I think it's a very smart teaser to play. I know teasers are tough, but in this game, I feel like even under 33 could hit. I absolutely see no way there's an offensive explosion. So I would play this as a teaser.
1: I like it as a teaser, but I have always been told not to tease totals because think about it. A total of 40 is still really low. So I don't know. I think it's a great teaser leg, and I think it's going to stay alive in my AFC North teaser. I don't like Mm -hmm. doing standalone games in teasers, but look at the Bengals. They're three and a half. You can get the Bengals plus nine and a half. You can still get the Steelers at plus seven. I think that's a better option where you think both of those games are playing closer and you're not dependent on a game being super, super low scoring because even at 40, that's really low.
0: It is. I still like it, though. Oh, this is going to be a garbage game. It's going to be so, so ugly. And they're starting DTR, quarterback the Browns are. I like your idea better, but I still think the under's going to hit in this game. Coming up in five minutes, it is time to hit the hardwood as we check out tonight's games and where we might be looking to put our money in the futures market in the NBA. She's Chelsea Messenger. I'm Michael Jenkins. It is the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Hour 2 rolls on when we come back.